Welcome to the show. You're listening to Hope Radio Podcast, stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name, my name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host, and joining me, as always, my co-host, my beautiful wife, her name is... Just Jen. I love that. I love how you just say that. <laughs> it just makes me smile. You're so cute. You're so cute. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. I've got a great, great show planned for you today. Okay. I've got, uh, well, I'm going to tell you about our guest in a minute, but let me just say she decided to climb a mountain and she picked Kilimanjaro as oh. her first mountain to climb Whoa. at like 40 something years old, almost 50 years old. Oh my goodness gracious. If that isn't a story of hope and perseverance and pursuit and passion, I don't know what is. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But how you doing? How you doing in the pandemic? It's hot. It it's is hot in very here. hot in here. It's hot here in California. There's a song about that. I'm sweating. <laughs> sweating with the oldies? Is that the song? Sweating to the oldies. Isn't that um Richard What's his name? Not Richard Pryor, but Richard Simmons? Simmons. The guy with the hair? Right. Isn't he sweating to the oldies? Is he still alive? Yeah. He is. Huh? He's alive in L.A., California. Yeah. He's. I think he's making awesome sauce. He's probably still teaching his like aerobics. Was it? Was it? Did he do jazzercise or no. was it something different? He's his own thing. I remember his headband. Yeah, I got a headband and his short shorts. <laughs> I'm not going the short shorts route, but uh, <laughs> I certainly got a headband to try to keep me cool. Yeah. It's hot. Like it's like 90 degrees. It's 190. And we're in our radio shack yes we're in the radio it's our shack. podcast studio but it's a 10 by 20 there's no air 12 by 20 room and it's two o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. in california on a 90 day i see sweat you on me yeah a little bit nah i don't sweat i sparkle <laughs> as you call it liquid awesome it is liquid awesome it's liquid awesome yes all right well here we are we're in the midst still of the pandemic yes okay still doing our hope because we don't want to talk about the negative. We want to talk nope. about the positive. We want to talk about rocking the world right now. Yeah. Doing your happy part. Stuff. Happy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so along those lines, mm -hmm. it's time for happy time. Okay. Happy time? Yeah. What's happy time? <laughs> Jennifer, don't give me that look. What joke are you time? Yes. Mean? We're talking about joke time. <laughs> time to tell a joke. Happy time. Yeah. Well, I. that's what came out. You could say funny time. Well, let's talk about funny time. Okay, funny time. It's time for funny time. Okay, do you have a funny time joke? I do have a joke. So, do you have a joke? I do, too. Okay, so which one wants to go first? Are you more confident or am I? I don't I don't know. I'm feeling confident, so I think I'm going to tell my joke first. Okay. Okay, here I go. You ready? Mm-hmm, I'm ready. Why should you never date a tennis player? Um, hmm, I don't know. Because love means nothing to them. Oh. I don't play tennis, but I know that love is like a zero score. I don't know either, but it sounded funny. Oh, so we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> That's a joke where we have no idea what I just said. So if you're a tennis player, hopefully you, you thought you probably it was funny. Thought that was funny. Yeah. If you're not a tennis player, then I apologize now. If you're not a tennis player, maybe my joke will be much more funnier well let's hear your joke okay miss are you ready just jen <laughs> that's not how i say it you kind of how do i say it i'm just jen no weirdo <laughs> <laughs> okay all right let's do my joke all are right, you ready go. okay this is gonna be a good one 
we have to prepare this much for your joke? Yeah, because I just lost it. <laughs> it's that funny. Okay. All right, you ready? Um. Yes. Okay, go. When does bread rise? When you throw yeast into it? When you yeast expect it. Oh, that is funnier <laughs> than mine. You kind of got it, though. Like, you kind of got that yeast was... Did you say when you yeast expect it, or did you say least? No. I said when you throw yeast into it. Oh. Then it rises. I know enough about bread to know it rises with yeast. Okay. Well, so that you, was you my guest. Good. You did good. But you're, <laughs> when you yeast expect it, when I like that. When you yeast expect it, <laughs> it will rise. All right, so uh, I want to move on. I want to move on to our featured guest interview of the day. We're going to talk with Berta Medina, and she is awesome. She's funny. She's vibrant. She's got a ton of personality. I like her a lot. She's out of Miami, and she felt like God had given her a word about transition, helping others, support, Mm -hmm. sponsorship, mission trips. And so she decided to participate in a mission trip where the proceeds of the trip were going to benefit a child in Kenya. Okay. But the mission trip was climbing Kilimanjaro. Whoa. So she's going to go on and explain to us how she just decided, kind of on a whim initially, mm-hmm. to go do this. And then it, it caught hold of her heart and her spirit, and she started thinking about this child that she was going to benefit and literally from that moment on changed her life okay so we're going to hear about her story we're going to hear about the climb we're going to hear about uh how she's transitioned i think it's going to be a fascinating interview i'm ready so let's get berta on the line you ready yep all right here we go all right so i've got berta medina on the line welcome to the show how are you doing today great sean thank you so much for having me it's an honor to be here Super oh. excited. Oh, we are as well. I mean, I, I was excited. I was saying, sharing with Jen that, uh, hey, we're going we're gonna to talk with a gal today that is absolutely awesome. Like, she decided to change her life, and she had this idea that she was going to climb a mountain, and, like, she picked Kilimanjaro as the first <laughs> mountain that she was going <laughs> to climb. I cannot wait to have this discussion. I'm excited. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, you know, for the benefit of our of our listeners, why don't you tell us all a little bit about yourself, uh, where you live, and, um, you know, what, what life is like for you right now at this moment? Sure. So, my, I live in Miami, Florida, born and raised in Miami. Uh, love The more I travel, the more I love where I live, even though I will never stop traveling. I am a uh, mom of two babies, uh, 32 and 30, and the grandmother of a delicious little uh, eight-year-old adventure adventure girl. And I've uh, been married to my husband for almost 33 years. So, yes, I'm old. And uh, I'm an adventure, <laughs> adventure coach by trade and, and work a lot with coaches and speakers who want to get out of their comfort zone, build a business around their coaching and speaking, and spend most of my time playing and mission tripping. Oh. I think that's my nutshell. Wow. wow. That's a, that's a well-developed, <laughs> yeah. well-rounded person right there. I love it. I love it. You coach others. You got a great family. You got some grandkid, or at least a grandchild. It sounds like a beautiful eight-year-old mm-hmm. granddaughter. And uh, just living yeah. life to the fullest the best you can. Mm-hmm. 
That's it. Absolutely. Well, why don't you, um, you know, I know it hasn't always been that way. And I know that you haven't always been a coach to other folks that want to, you know, become speakers or coaches themselves. You know, I read some about your comfort zone coaching. Um, I read a little bit about Dreamers Succeed. But, you know, before all of that began, you were in the corporate world, were you not? Yes. Yes, I was. I, I started early on when I was 18. Uh, working in title insurance on the real estate in real estate, but on the title insurance side, uh, learned from a, a genius in real estate. I was blessed to to be mentored by him, and and really made that a career and a and a life for myself. Loved every minute of it. Had my own company. I had offices in Miami and in Orlando, and and just loved what I did. I I loved being at the table. With, with those people making that dream of home ownership come to to be and and the sellers who were ready to either empty nest or move into something bigger. It was just there's a lot of life that happens around a closing table. And so it really gave me an opportunity to grow to to love serving others in that capacity. I always looked at it as 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 these this is an opportunity to make relationships. It's not I'm not far more relationship than I am transactional. And, and like I said, just loved every minute of it. And in 2014, we had a, I had an opportunity to, to go on a mission trip, which had been in my bucket for all of my life to, to visit Kenya and work with Maasai children. And this mission trip entailed, we were going to be in Africa for three weeks, Kenya and Tanzania. And, and the caveat was that we had to raise funds for our sponsored child. My little boy was five at the time. His name is Sibao. And, and I committed to climb that mountain and raise $6,000, which would ensure his best chance of climbing out of poverty. It meant he would be taken care of uh, nutritionally, educationally, and uh, medically until he graduated his version of high school. And that really was the best chance for them to climb out of poverty because in Kenya, schools are public, but they're not free. So, so a lot of the Maasai people living in poverty cannot afford to send their children to school. So this organization, One Child, they're out of Colorado Springs, was putting this, this mission trip together and this fundraising effort to be able to take a group of these children, and there were 23 climbers, uh, each of each climber had their own sponsored child, and, and really be able to breathe life into them, to their families, to the community, and it really is just a beautiful way of of changing the cycle for, like I said, an entire community. So let me. So let me, the only thing with that, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say. So let me make sure that everyone's along with us and that I'm understanding what what the goal was. So the mission trip was sparked by the idea of helping support one of your sponsored children, and the idea was uh, was this what the origin of climbing Kilo was? Like was was Kilo the mountain yes. that you were yes. going to climb? So there was 23 people. Yeah that had committed mm-hmm. to climbing Kilimanjaro and then it the, that that was the event but the event really was to raise money for your sponsored child to put them through education until they graduate the equivalent of, of high school because it's expensive for them to go to school correct. even though it's public correct correct okay. correct and you exactly ne- you'd never right. you'd never climbed a mountain before 
No, I was born in Miami. You know, we're at sea level here. Um, the only mountains <laughs> Not a lot of mountains here in are, Miami. Are, no, the only the only mountains here are the are the 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 trash moors that we have that that convert into. But no, not not any mountains. And how t- in Miami? And how tall is Kilimanjaro? Kilimanjaro is nineteen thousand three hundred forty one feet of elevation. But who's counting, right? Oh wow, nineteen thousand <laughs> feet. I mean, like, where does it stack yeah. in relation to the world's tallest? Is it like third, fourth? I, is it like I? I, I don't. Uh, I'm not I, a climber, I, so I'm not I, sure. I, I, yeah, I think it's third. I think I know. I know Everest is is in the twenties, twenty six or something like that. And then I think Fuji or or Denali is at twenty, and and then and then and then Kili. Wow. Is, is so, 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 so you, but, but you know, I mean, you don't do it all in a day. We you spend seven days on the mountain sleeping in tents with no showers, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pro- pro- probably the least of your concerns once, once you got into it. So like, here you are, you're, you're not in your twenties when you're doing this, you just decide, okay, I'm going to no. go climb a mountain mm-hmm. and I'm going to raise money for somebody else in the process. And it's a, did you say five days or seven days or seven, seven days, seven, seven days, days on the yeah. mountain. Yeah. Wow. What, yeah. what, what an, what yeah. an effort. So like, what, what did you experience that was uh, a total shock for you? So going into this, what, like, once you're in it, did you go, was it the shower, not having a shower for a week? I didn't think about that. What, you know, what was the big surprises for you in that journey? I, I think that the surprise for me was, was that, I mean, at, at this point, Sean and Jan, I'm a 47 year old postmenopausal grandma, right? Going to <laughs> Africa by myself. And Cuban women don't travel to other countries without their husbands, right? It's just not a thing that happens. So here I am breaking every rule, every social norm. Um, everybody thought I'd gone crazy. But but I remember that when I took my first step at, at base camp, uh, that first day when we got there, I knew that I was either going to summit or I was going to die trying. Oh, and I had no problem with that. I had had the conversation with my family. They were going to have no, we had no communication with anyone for those seven days. They didn't know if we were dead, alive. I mean, it just, you know, I mean, if there was an emergency, the the guides and the porters could, could get help, but we didn't have communication with anyone back home. And, and I just, I just knew I, I was very driven. I had a picture of, of Sipao hanging from my backpack mm. and, and that was my, my driving force. I knew that, that this was going to be a, a, a game changer for him. Now, and, was it, and that just got me through. Was this one of those, you know, kind of like when you think about a school pledge? I mean, did people pledge to give you or support a certain amount and that if you made it certain distances, you know, maybe those pledges increased? So t- tell me a little bit about how the fundraising actually worked for you to benefit your, um, you know, your your compassion child, your foster child. or your, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, that's a great question, Sean, because the, the, the thing is, it wasn't like a mild thing. It was just like, I'm committing to climb this mountain. So when I get this task of having to raise $6,000, I am not a fundraiser. I am not someone who is comfortable asking for money. You know, my trip cost $6,000 plus the $6,000 that we had to fundraise. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to ask my husband and let him pay the other half and, and you know, the, the other 6000 and I don't want to bother anybody for money. And then 
I got, so we had nine months to raise these funds. I signed up for the trip in January. We were leaving in September. And then about three weeks after I signed up, I got the packet with Sipao's information. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give people an opportunity to be a part of this journey. And I just started posting about him on Facebook. I fell in love with him instantly. Um, and, and in two months, this, this woman who is embarrassed and doesn't want to ask for money and, and is super shy, everyone that I knew went to bat for Sipao. And, and I raised the funds in two months. Of course, and not me. I, I think everybody just, just was really, really enrolled in the vision of what this would represent for him. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, by the time we got there, I had already raised or my tribe had already raised about another $3,000 that we were able to send to other children um, of, that were sponsored by other climbers. And, and it had nothing to do with me or anything else. It was just about what this was going to represent for this little boy. And, and I got everything, every apprehension that I had, every, you know, anything that I was shy about, about, about asking, I just began to share his story and we started writing letters and, and there was a lot of back and forth. So by the time that we got to meet the children, cause we were fortunate enough to meet the children the day before we left to the mountain, um, I was, I was just, I, I was done. I mean, that was, that was. My, you know, fortunately he had both his parents and these are just, you know, Maasai people living in poverty, but they're not orphans. And I got to meet his parents. I got to meet his grandmother and, and it was just, and it's been, it's been a, he'll be 12 on August 6th. Now I have, you know, another 20 plus children in other countries and, and in Kenya as well that I've helped sponsor and, and with my family and, and friends and, and it's, it's just been a, you know, no matter what we're doing for them, it's nothing compared to what we're receiving from these kids. Yeah. 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 Jen, Jen and I, just, that was a game changer. Yeah. Jen and I, uh, you, you know, through a, a process of, of support, I'm, I think we've got now eight foster sponsored oh, compassion kid, kids. We've I inherited some from I our. I think we have twelve. I think we have twelve total <laughs> between all of them. But what happened is our kids. We you know go to church and they always want to sponsor all these kids and we're like okay the rule is that right. you need to pay for them. Well, that's all right. good and fine, right. but you know come a year down the road they they stop paying for them and so they're like mom can you you know pay for N- next thing you know my child you in know Kenya? they're in transition you know covid or what yeah. you know all the, all the, all of a sudden we have yeah. absorbed all of the slack of our yes. i to, love that but i mean i love it of course we're going to take over for them we're not going to yeah. just let our kids go but yeah. right i have a question right. for right. you about kilimanjaro sure sure now, sure. is this something that you trained for, or did you just show up at base camp and say, let's do this? No, no, I, I really began. And, and again, I don't have the benefit of, of altitude in, in, in Miami. Right. So what I did was I, I did a practice. I went to, I did quandary in Colorado Springs. We did, you know, with one of the, one of the, the VP at the time of, of one child was Jack Eames, who's an amazing climber he's done you know every 14er in Colorado at least five times each 
Um, he's, I call him, you know, Mr. Cabs. And he took me on just to get a feel for the mountain. I went to Rainier. I didn't summit Rainier, but I just wanted to get a feel for playing in the mountains and hiking. And, and I just, I just walked like a crazy person. I I mean, I was putting, you know, a thousand miles on my Fitbit probably every, every four months or something like that. It was, it was like out of control. And then my daughter had a friend who had just come back from Afghanistan and he said there's a there's an elevation mask that that the soldiers train with before they go they they go um you know they they get called right. out and so he said you know you can pick one up at a at a sporting goods store so she gifted that to me for mother's day before i left and what it does is it you can adjust it so that it mimics your breathing at a different elevation wow. and that really really helped because it 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 um it helped me suffocate when i'm at <laughs> ground you know at sea level yeah. so that i could get a sense nothing will prepare you for when you're there yeah. and i say that was purely god it, it was you know they always recommend just take it slow don't don't overdo it because it's it's a lot of days and and what i would do is i would you know, we'd break out and then eventually there would be a pack in the front, a pack in the middle and a pack in the end. And I would, whoever was walking last, that's who I would walk with every day. Aww. And, um, and if not because of that, I, I would have never been able to summit. but it was, um, but it's a great question, Jen. And it, it was, no, I, I, I did a lot of there was training you involved. Know, makeshift training. Yeah. <laughs> there what, was training involved. Yes, absolutely. What did it feel like when you summited? Oh, just <laughs> pure emotion, pure emotion. I mean, that, that hour before where you just think, and we leave that last day, we left at one in the morning and um, it's freezing cold. It was, you know, probably zero degrees mm. Fahrenheit and, and it's, it's, it's cold and it's dark. And it took us about probably about eight hours or something to get to the summit from that last base camp. And, and when you see, when you're coming back down, that you see what you had to traverse to get there, my guide, Masu, who's an amazing human being said, the reason we do this at one in the morning is because if you see the terrain, half of the people won't go up because mm. it was, wow. it was just bad, but it was when I, when I got up there, I just, I, I just, I just lost it. Yeah. You know, and I, I was dehydrated, had just enough to, to cry my eyes out at the at the sign that said you have arrived at Uhuru Peak. And I just and, and what's funny is that, you know, there was a group that got there first. OK. And then there was me by myself in the middle. Aww. And then there was another group that was behind me. So for whatever reason, that's how God wanted it. And when Jack and Ty, who was doing all the the filming, saw me going up there alone. They said, we're going to go back up with you. Oh. <laughs> and, and which was beautiful. And, and it was just, it's just a feeling, you know, I'll, I know I'll never forget, yeah. but I, I only made it because, because of my why was very clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your God is very big. Yes. Extremely, extremely, <laughs> and extremely generous with me. <laughs> Please tell me that you got a zip line all the way down. <laughs> Wouldn't that be I, awesome? I wish. You know, you know what? You know what's crazy? On my way down, I run into three climbers with only two porters, 
helping them and they did not look like they had been struggling. <laughs> so I asked them, I said, Hey, you guys look, are you guys summiting? Cause you look super refreshed. And they said, yeah, they dropped us off. I, I don't remember what elevation and, and what the porters were carrying for them were, were, um, they were going to hand glide down into Moshi. And I said, well, I didn't think that was an option. I didn't know that. And, Hang and gliding from a, Kilimanjaro. A wow. Oh, my you gosh. They were going to hang glide from the oh. summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. That would have been incredible. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. yes now this, so this, this was a profound experience for you, a life-changing mm-hmm. experience for you, and certainly a life-changing experience for your sponsored uh, child. Yeah. But I mean, th- mm-hmm. th- this led to other life changes for you. So, you know, yeah. what, what yeah. happened once you got back after you'd processed what you'd accomplished and what you'd a- been able to do? Because, I mean, you stretched outside your comfort zone. You know, I'm going to go climb a mountain. I'm going to go climb Kilimanjaro. I'm going to raise money right. for a child I have not even yet met to get him through high school. Right. I mean, a very altruistic motive, you know, mm-hmm. a very giving Mm-hmm. event that you're doing. I mean, you're doing this for the benefit mm-hmm. of somebody else, yet we get so mm-hmm. much when we do that. So what what oh, did you get oh, out of this oh, whole oh. process? Like, what did it do for you? So so I think, and, and that's a great question, I, I think on top of that, that shift in perspective, I came back and I was already enrolled in in my certification course for professional, it was a professional coaching certification at the University of Miami. And, and I, it wasn't that I, that I had planned to, I loved coaching and I'd always been called a coach. I just didn't know you could do that as a career. So when I came back, I was in the middle of, of my, my coursework at UM and I came back and I, and I, I get back in October. Okay. And I had been doing title for 28 years and I come back and I sit my husband and my children and my mom down. And I said, listen, guys, I'm retiring from title. So of course they think I fell on the mountain, hit my head because I loved every minute of it. And I knew that I would die doing title. And I said, listen, I cannot change the world when I'm sitting in an office for 14 to 16 hours a day. I want to, I want to become, I want to change the world for as many children as I possibly can. And I can do it with coaching because I have the flexibility to mission trip. It's, much more rewarding even than the title, even though I loved it because I knew that I was effectuating and helping people effectuate change, real change in their lives. And, and, and that was, it was just very, very clear to me. God spoke to me and, and I was just done. So by December 31st, I was, I was retired. I gave away my Miami business to a friend here and my Orlando business to a friend there. I didn't even wait to sell the company. (laughs) So let's, so let's, let's, let's go back. You said God spoke to you. So I was just going to ask that I was going to ask, okay, did you get some sort of a seed? Did you get a kernel? Did you get a prompting at like, what point did, you know, the plan was always, I'm going to die entitled, but at what point did that change? It sounded like it started to change before you'd even, you know, gone on the Kilimanjaro mission trip. So what was it a word? Was it a feeling, you know, like where, where did your idea that you weren't going to die entitled start to, to, to wane? You know, it didn't, it didn't really hit me because I didn't know what it was going to look like. But when I, when we arrived to meet the children and we had already had about a week on, uh, in, in Kenya, and, and had enjoyed it. And we were visiting orphanages and new life hope center. And, and when we were really, you know, 
enrolling ourselves and, and embracing the culture. Um, when we went, the day we went to meet our children, we went to a Hope Center called Imardi. And, and we're driving up in the Rovers and the kids are all lined up and, and they're all dressed the same in their school uniforms. And the minute that I saw Sipao, I started crying in that Rover. And for whatever reason, from seeing him in through the window of the car, I said, this, this is my life. This is what I want to do. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know. And, and you know what? It was, I, I know that it was God's invitation into more. It was God's invitation into, into, into there are bigger plans for you. And, and I just, it was very organic. It was the weirdest thing. And when I came back, you know what? Everything started lighting up. My phone, it's so funny because you talk to my daughter and she'll tell you all the time. My phone was constantly ringing. I had 400 emails a day. I mean, it was busy. The minute that I decided to retire, I mean, it's almost as if, as if everything fell off a cliff and I have great relationships with my clients, but it's almost as if everything was done. God lined everything up so perfectly that the people who I gave my business to in Miami, everything just sort of transitioned beautifully. Same thing with the Orlando business. And it's almost as if God said, okay, now I'm going to give you room, room to go do what you need to do. Now, were you, were um, you, um, I, I, I love that story, but I guess the question that I have is that, you know, I'm imagining this situation, you're successful, you got two, two offices, you got your company you own, you're going to, mm -hmm. you're actually now going to give away your business. I, I imagine that you were a major breadwinner for your family. So the, how did, how did the family respond? I mean, when you said, okay, I'm retiring from title, like, I mean, what did your husband think? What did your kids think? Well, I mean, yeah, the, the, the thing is that I, I, you know, I, I, my husband jokes and he always says, I just, I just know better. And, and I know that when you do a vision board, I just, I don't even question it anymore. I, I just know what's going to happen. So, but my, my, fortunately, my husband was the primary breadwinner and, and, it, and it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it didn't cause any, any, yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a financial dip, but it wasn't a financial strain on, on, on the, I, I think that conversation might not have gone so easily. I think the decision might not have, have come so easily. Maybe I want to be fair and say it might not, it might not have come as easily if, if I would have been the primary breadwinner in all honesty, but it was, it was, you know, I mean, I was making more money than I had made until then uh, before. And it just, it just became very, not about the money. And, yeah. and, and yeah, it's yeah. funny. It's, yeah, it's funny because when I came back, I had a journal for the mountain and another journal for the rest of the mission trip. And because I was moving my office, I was getting out of my office. I moved uh, into a, an office in my husband's building and so that I could vacate where I was. My lease was up and, uh, and I lost one of the journals. So I lost a mountain journal. And when I finally found it again, I decided I'm going to just put everything into the computer and I typed everything out. So my husband, my, my son lives in Orlando. It's about four hours away. And we had talked little by little, but I, but I sent it to him and I said, listen, everything you want to know about the trip, here it is, because here's what happened. I thought I lost a journal and I just put everything into the computer. So about a week later, he calls me and he says, mom, you've got, he's a writer and he's, he's a creative writing major. And he says, mom, you've got a book here. And I said, Georgie, if you can turn this into a book, I'll pay to get it printed. And every 
dollar that we make, we'll donate it to One Child Matters and see what happens. And, and we did, we did that. And in four months we were doing a book launch uh, of lessons from the roof of Africa and all the money went to One Child Matters. You know, I donated the, the money to print it and, um, and it was a, a huge blessing. We were able to pay a portion of, of, you know, with an, with another lady who had given a donation and, and built a, uh, uh, a boys and girls dorm in one of the hope centers. And, and just, that just became my life. And I came back and I started telling people, listen, you, you, you've got to meet these kids. You've got to sponsor these kids. It's amazing what, what very little money for us can do to change the life for these kids and their families. And I just became all about it. That because became, that became your I, mission and your focus. It became your absolutely. purpose. It absolutely. became your why, yeah. as you talk about, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I could, I can totally understand that. So, I mean, were you at all conflicted, I guess, is the, is the best way to say it regarding the best way for you to move forward. In, in other words, like you felt like you'd always wanted to be a coach, but how did you go from title to now being a coach of coaches or a mentor of mentorees, etc.? cetera? It, it just, it, it was God. I, I, I'm not taking credit for any of that. I think I, I just, I just sort of put my hands up and said, you use me and, and I, and I, and I promise I will play. And, and you know what, I, I'm not a plan B person, so I can't, I'm not a multitasker, even though I, I always have a lot on my plate, but if I'm going to do one thing, I'm going to do it really well, or I'm not going to do it at all, but I'm not going to do a million little things. So I knew that I had to completely, um, you know, disregard the title, even though I loved it. And even though I was still willing to help anybody who needed help and, and with my expertise in that, in that area, but not professionally anymore. So I, I just jumped off and figured out, figured I, you know, God would help me grow my wings on the way down. And and he's super overly over delivered in value on that. Yeah. I I went through a similar experience with, um, you know, the end I spent 22 years in financial services and felt like God had given me a word that the time had come to do something completely different, you know, for him at the time. Mm -hmm. And for me at the time, he did not exactly share with me what the path was going to be, but you know, I just Mm -hmm. trusted, I just trusted that, that it was the end of that chapter. And I didn't have to know the title of the next chapter to make the jump. I think Jen, you were a little nervous. Yeah. You were like, "What are you gonna do? Are you are you know?" Yeah, I had no, I had no idea. I thought we were retiring in our you know early forties. So no, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I was like, like yeah, "Well, this is great." I said, "That's a great concept," <laughs> but you know, no, that's not that's not the not the case. Yeah, we probably could have retired if we if we if that. we uh, would have moved down to Mexico, but we got two kids that are still in school. So we, we didn't, we didn't decide yeah. to go that direction, but you know, I, I guess there's just power for me, the whole jumping and God will give you the wings or jumping just and you'll figure out where you're going to land. Yeah. You know, just that, that whole, for yeah. me, that was, that was so bittersweet. I'd been through enough experiences in the past to trust him enough to actually make that move without having to have certainty of where I was going to land or where I was going to be, etc. But there's also something mm-hmm. that's beautiful is that because when you when you do decide to meet him there, you know, like when you feel that prompting, okay, right. it's time to move on, and then you, you make the leap, you make the jump, you make the climb, 
whatever analogy we want to use, there is something beautiful that comes out mm-hmm. of that because when he does meet you, like it, it furthers your faith, it furthers your trust, it furthers your, right. you know, your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that, that I, I, I think is really, really powerful and something that stays with you and something certainly I think that you can relate to. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the way you put it. And I think what happens too is, is especially when, when you're both working on, on a dream together, like you are, and, and you're both trusting, both of you are trusting so that you know that it's, that this is where the family's going. This is where the union is going. This is, this is, this is our calling. It's not just one calling or or the calling of the other. This is, this is your calling. Mm -hmm. And, and your mark that you're going to, that's why I love what you've done with, with Mission of Hope out of, out of something that, that only, I say, only God could have given you the gift of being able to use your gifts and your talents in yes. a time like this to bring this it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yes. And, and I, and I do think, you know, like there's, there's hints along the way, you know, so, you know, mm-hmm. to your point, I think after you get to a certain stage in life, you've lived enough life that you've been through some good times, you've been through some bad times, you've been through some successes, maybe some failures, you've, you've grown closer to God, you've grown closer to your spouse and your kids, etc. And I think all mm-hmm. of that kind of meshed together for me to allow me that feeling of, of being able to, to, to jump when the time came. But I also think that there's something beautiful in that he, as I look back now, you know, like I did, I did as part of financial services, I did radio for nine years. And when I was in radio about a year, I used to do a one hour show on, um, in Sacramento area on, on investments on the weekends. And so I, mm-hmm. I would do that show. And, uh, I was just remembering this last week. It's funny. I was thinking about my dad and my dad used to say, I had the gift of gab, you know, he used to tell me that as a, as a kid uh-huh. and, you know, look at where that, that gab has led me to, you know, I never would have thought I would ever have been on the radio and yet I was, and I never would uh-huh. have imagined, you know, 10 or 15 years ago being the co-host of a podcast to benefit others. And, uh, here, here mm-hmm. we are, but yet you know, God gives you gifts. He gives you those, those abilities. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's up to us to pay attention to what those gifts are. You know, you've got a servant heart, you love others and you've Mm -hmm. loved others all your life. You've just found a way to actually love others and still make a living somehow, some way, you know, which I think is absolutely incredible. It's it's beautiful. But, you know, it's funny how God works in our lives. You know, Jen started a, um, Jen started a run, walk, jog, streak it's called streaking with the cool kids she does it every june um for the whole month but it's basically this commitment to run walk or jog at least one mile a dedicated mile a day every day for the month of june well she started it yeah i love that she it's, it's been it's been it's been quite the adventure but when she started it seven years ago i mean the first year you did it a couple the hundred first, people well the first year we did it it was just family yeah like it was just something that we mm. did so family and then a couple other people wanted to join in because they wanted to do what we were doing. But then it just kept growing. Yeah. And then this last <laughs> this last year, this last June, it was 6,500 people, 13 countries wow. yeah. wow. oh that my participated. Goodness. And this, this was our seventh year. So And people sending That's you, beautiful. I mean, share yeah. with her some of the messages. You did life-changing, lost weight, yeah. reconnected with family. 
you know, it's been incredible. Uh, like it's a, it's been an amazing adventure, just, you know, a journey with all these people who I'm inspiring and they're inspiring me along the way. And it's just really, really cool to, to see. That is beautiful. That's amazing. I love that. I love, I love, I love those stories of the, as, as evidence and validation for anybody yeah. who's doubting anything. Yep. And I think what's beautiful is that we're called to impact. And, and I think everyone is called to impact. I, I think that some people might not be paying attention or might be afraid of that call or might be thinking, what kind of impact can I make? Yeah. And we yeah. all have it within us. I think that's it's just a matter of, of daring. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I agree with you completely. I, I think that was the point that uh, I was heading toward is that I think that God will give you these kernels and you may not know mm-hmm. what they are, like these little seeds, mm-hmm. you know, like I felt like there was a whisper about this whole Hope Radio thing for me 10 years ago. I, you know, who knows if Jen felt like she had a whisper for the whole streaking with the cool kids thing, but I, you know, I could see this streaking with the cool kids um, event that she does every June. I could see it being at some point 50,000 people right. or something, you know, like, but you know, who would have ever thought? Like, it's just the beauty of, I think, God's plan and obedience and, and following a certain course and, uh, you know, taking those those jumps when you when you feel the need. And I, I guess that's kind of what I was thinking. Some people are going to be in that situation. You know, I would imagine now as you look back on it, total blessing that you've changed careers, you're able to impact people, you're doing mm-hmm. coaching now. You know, how, how different is your life today from the stressors or from the, the work that you were doing in, in title? It's, it's just completely different. And I, and I think what happens is even though I'm, 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 I, I will admit it and I will say it out loud, I am a workaholic. I have no problem uh, sitting and working in my business 16 hours a day. The thing is, it doesn't feel like work. And a lot of my work is, listen, we're climbing, we're hiking, we're jumping, we're, we're you know, we've got a group going in September and we're all going to be jumping out of planes. And it's, you know, yeah, it's work. Great. But, but you know what, that's, uh, I'm playing all the time. Yeah, that's my I'm kind playing of work. And I love the, yeah, I love the people that I, that I get to play in the sandbox with. And they're all people that I know when they come to me, I, I know that God aligned us and, and put us together for a reason. So I, I think a lot of times it's, it's just, it's just that it's just being open to receive. And I always say, you know, God, what the minute that God plants that seed of a dream in your heart, mm-hmm. he has already equipped you with everything that you need to achieve it. You just have to get out of your own way. Very well what, said. What is that one quote? Love what you do and you never work a day in your life or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's what that reminds me exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's absolutely, that's absolutely the thing. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just, you're, 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 you're loving it all the way. Right. It, and, and, and you're focused on that, that bottom line is impact. The money's going to be there because the money's going to be there. Yes. But that bottom line that you're focusing on is is the impact. Impact. Yeah. And and listen, we can't take it with us. Is what I always say. <laughs> this we can't is take true. It with us, but holy moly, <laughs> we can leave it yep. really, really a lot better than it was when we got here. So as do you? If we're, if we're intentional. I agree. Um, did do you think you should have done this sooner? I mean, do you do you look back now and go, man, I wish I would have been in and coaching sooner, maybe I should have left title earlier, or do you feel like it was just you, it, kind of based on what you said before, it was just perfect timing yeah. for where you were in your life, yeah, et cetera. It, yeah. 
Yeah, I have never ever thought that. I, I, you know, I people say, "Don't you miss it?" And I, I never looked back. I didn't even, you know, how you have to renew your license every two years. Yeah. When mine came up, everybody was like, "Hey, you got to get your credits, and you got it." And I'm like, zero. I do not believe in Plan B, and it's just not going to happen. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I don't need a title license if I'm a coach, right? But it's that, it's that, that fear that people have. Listen, are you kidding me? Well, what if you and 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 I think. Um, that I, I, God's timing is always perfect. I, I've never done any, and man, I'm wrinkled and old and, and, and whatever, but I, I love myself more now than I've ever loved myself in my entire life. Wow. And, and, and the timing was exactly when it had to be, you know, 2014, when all this happened, I was, you know, I got into the certification program. I started working on preparing for this mission trip and I started working on my pilot's license. Those were three big, huge things in my bucket that God said, okay, let's go play. Let's see how bad you really want this. Let's do it all at the same time. And it's just one of those things that I've I've always trusted. My son was already in college and away. My daughter was, was married and living in Colorado you know, we took care of my my mom and my mother-in-law. They both lived with us. So I knew my husband was not going to be here alone wondering what to do. I knew those two Cuban old ladies were going to drive him crazy. <laughs> and I could be gone for three weeks and it was okay. So it was just, it was just, God's timing is always just perfect. I agree with you completely. And, um, you know, so I have a question for you. And I guess the question is related to the current environment. So we, we're in the midst of COVID. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people that are anxious, worried, concerned, maybe nervous, et cetera. You know, lots of change maybe for them. Maybe they're contemplating a move. Maybe they've lost a job. Maybe mm-hmm. they've got health issues. I mean, who knows? But I, I just, I can't help but think that there's a lot of anxiety about the uncertainty of the future for a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. As somebody mm-hmm. that went through such a significant and, you know, dramatic change and not only what you were doing today today, but what your focus was, like, what would you say to somebody that's feeling anxious right now, worried right now about maybe having to pivot maybe they're going to contemplating maybe something in the back of their mind has said you know you should be doing this like you should be doing this and you should be doing this and now they have that opportunity what would you say to them i would say do it now Mm -hmm. do it now and that fear is is only coming from a lack of faith and and we all claim to have a lot of faith but when the rubber meets the road this is where where we get to exercise that faith and and i believe i i I am seeing Challenge and like never before, you know, we're, I'm seeing people on either side of the spectrum. There's not a lot of gray area here. Either they're super faithful and happy and optimistic and making good use of the time and being productive, or they're, holy moly, I, I don't want to leave my front door. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and nothing wrong with either side. But I think that if there's one time for us to really trust and exercise our faith, to 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 a, to an even greater degree than we ever have. Now is the time because that fear is coming from you know. Stop watching the news. That's the first thing I tell people: do not watch the news. You yeah. know, get into a good book, go out and walk. You know, take care of yourself and take care of your health. Trust me, if it's bad enough, somebody's going to come knock on your door and tell you. Okay, <laughs> there's no reason to sit. Yeah, there's no reason to sit in front of in front of you know the news all day. And you know what? If you, if you have it in a while, now is a really good time to reacquaint yourself with scripture. Yes. Now is a really good time to do that. 
I, and and you know what? Just trust, trust. And if there's a no better time than right now to stop putting off all those dreams that you have. Mm-hmm. I always tell Sean, I I don't, I can't stand watching the news only because it's just always so bad. So I just tell Sean, so if something, if there's a war, if there's something happening really bad, then tell me. But other than that, like I don't care. Like I don't want to know. <laughs> Just tell me no, if we need exactly. to like do something really 100%. quick. Yeah, I, I think yeah. the biggest yeah. the biggest yeah. change for us is I, I'm the same way. I keep telling, and I've mentioned this several times on the on the podcast, but I don't look at the news, but for five minutes in the morning mm-hmm. and then five minutes in the evening. Otherwise, right. like I I feel like mm-hmm. it's that you could chew on that stale gum all day long if you wanted yeah. to, and yeah. none of it none of it yeah. changes tomorrow. None of it changes today. None of it changes really anything other than your mindset and your focus and mm-hmm. you know and I just feel like the news is where fear incubates well, you know if, if you think about it yep. like when do you ever hear anything good or happy or positive like it's very yeah. very yeah. rare like yeah there's nothing going on mm-hmm. right now that they're they're showing us that is happy yeah it's so, like the it's it's yeah. the news has predominantly become the the summation of the yeah. most negative events throughout oh the gosh. country you yeah. know whether right. it be rioting yeah. whether it be murders whether it yeah. be pandemic whether Divorces. it be whatever yeah i mean every every time yeah. something yeah. comes across my phone it's always something bad yeah so i'm like what is the point yeah. like yeah. we should all just turn Absolutely. it off that's what i love about what you yeah. did and mm-hmm. i think it's what i love about jen's streak and what we're trying to do is that jen and i are both on now over day 1500 of our right. personal streak so in other words we started four years ago on that run walk jog a mile a day and we've not stopped ever since and so <laughs> we're on a long streak. Uh, but, I love but, that. Yeah, we, I love that. It's awesome. But I think during the pandemic, what's the biggest benefit is that when I'm out in nature, when I'm in the trees, yes. when I'm in the hills, when yeah. I'm in, when I'm outside, yeah. I don't think about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I don't no. think about no. COVID. Absolutely. I don't think about getting sick. I don't have that fear yeah. in my head. So mm-hmm. I think the biggest recipe for, you know, kind of changing your face and having a better attitude yeah, is, just, is number one, yeah, not being fearful, but number two, get outside too. Right. Like, see, in, in, yeah. enjoy some yeah. sun and enjoy some some cool breeze in your face or yeah. water or sand, whatever you know, just something that gets you connected to yeah. the to the earth. We, we to call degree. it we call it dirt church out there. So we just yeah, go we out hit the trails. We, we call it dirt church. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Listen to God on our music. That. Yeah, that's our dirt church. Oh, we are I not thinking about anything bad when we're out there. It's just all happy. So we're like, we don't even want to go back home because I know there's going to be something bad on the news. So we love being outside. I, oh, I love that. And and you're right. You're absolutely right. And you know what? I'm going to start this challenge today. I'm going to start this challenge. Yes. So I, I thank you for even mentioning it, but this sounds amazing. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. That's crazy. Amazing. Well, I'm going to train to climb Kilimanjaro. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I, I love mountains, but very, yeah, very I don't know if I can handle seven yeah. days of no shower and probably little food. So <laughs> you got to do what you okay. got to do to get that. Do you can't breathe. You can't. Yeah, you can't <laughs> breathe up there. So you can't smell that you haven't had a shower. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, well, perfect. I'm your girl. I'm there doing you it. 
Yeah. Sean, will you do it with me? Yeah, they they climb Kilimanjaro with you? Yes, will you? Well, you know, I've chased you all over the world thus far, so I might as well chase you a little further. I'm I'm probably, I probably will whine a little bit, but. Oh, Jen Jen is the biggest whiner when it comes to hills, so I could imagine seven days of, why did I sign up for this? I didn't, this is not why. No. (laughs) Where's that hang glider? amazing, you'll see. Where's my hang glider? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, once you get to the top, I want the hang glider ride down. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Well, you've you. This has been awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, thank you so much oh, for your perspective. Yes. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom and your faith mm-hmm. and your just your ability to 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 take what was a whisper and turn it into something that's yeah. significant. And your heart for others. Yes. I mean, what You're a great example of of you know loving on somebody else. Whether you know all we got to do is make a difference in the life of one person. Right. You know of this of this planet. And you picked mm-hmm. one person, and mm-hmm. you felt like God told you this one person is going to be who you're going to yeah. benefit and what if he doesn't like i just i love thinking about this what if what if your benefactor doesn't become some sort of major significant let's say he becomes a physician and, yeah. and, and invents a medical device that, that saves you know uh two million people or right. something like that and all of that yeah. began yeah. because of your right. commitment yes Love That's that. crazy. And you know what, what's, what's hysterical? I think you guys will appreciate this. When, when, when I first met Tipao, he wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. He's, mm-hmm. you know, five years old and, and all he was doing was he was in his first letter to me, he was praying, you know, the Maasai, their status in society is, is their livestock. And he said, I, I'm only praying for a cow for Baba. That's what they call their father. So I called one child and they didn't know me from Adam. And I said, listen, I've got to get this kid a cow. And they said, we don't do that. And I said, listen, I've got to get this kid a cow. I need you to find me someone in Kenya that can get this kid a cow. And they're like, what's the big deal with the cow? So I read them the letter and I said, I need him to know that his prayers are being answered. And I need him to know that right away. So I, I just made enough noise that they started talking and they said, listen, we can, we can, we found someone that can get you a cow. It's going to cost, it was peanuts, like 200 and something dollars. And I said, well, at that price, you think I can get two? And they said, listen, you're pushing it here. And I said, listen, if you're, if they're going to do it, just can we get two? So I they by the time that I got to Kenya, his social worker with him showed me out of his camera. He goes, they just got the cows two weeks ago, and, and this is in the mail on its way to you. It just won't make it to you for a while. And he's smiling there with us. So by the time that I went back two years later, I had already gotten him a couple of cow, a couple of goats. So the goats, the two goats had turned into six goats, and the two cows had turned into four cows. Wow! And guess what him and his family do? Oh, so I love his family what? with with everything that is that is the that is over what they what they use they give it out to everyone in the community they don't sell it they're just giving it away to the community to be a blessing for the community so this little boy who wanted to be a lawyer at five at nine years old in his letter because we always correspond back and forth Uh he now wants to be a pastor oh that is so great that tells me is that amazing that That there's someone that is making an impression on him so much so that he now wants to be someone who's preaching the word and, and making an impact. So I just I just wanted to throw that in uh, because I, I I just listen. I love what you guys are doing. I, I I pray that that God continues to bless you so that you can continue to do it and be a light for all of us. 
and and we will be in touch but yes. i mean i'm just i'm just honored and full of goosebumps like an old lady right now <laughs> um blown away with Me with too. both of you yeah. oh, and thank, thank you, you so, thank much. You so much you've been so inspirational to us as well i mean i love your servant heart i love your commitment i, I love how you wanted and God used you to show up as the answer to that young boy's prayers and that life change, and it's exactly what I'm talking about. Now he's contemplating going a different direction with his life, and who knows how many yeah. people he's going to yeah. impact because of what yeah. you did. Yes. So right right back at you, yes. Berta. Right back at it. you. You're inspiring <laughs> us as well. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank I you. am here always for anything, um, and, and I'm going to start walking. Okay. I can't jog, but I'm going to walk. I'm going to start training <laughs> to climb mountains. I think you should do it with me. There you go. I, I think we should we should all go do I, it. Yeah, Berta, I think you should be I'm our guide because we don't know what we're doing. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, but I'll, listen. I'll, I'll we're we're going to be laughing about this in a couple of years. Okay. Seriously. As long as you guide so, us and show right. us the way, we'll, we'll be there. We'll follow you. <laughs> Listen, it sounds like you guys are a lot younger than I am, so you'll probably have to be uh, pushing me up or something, but <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. I'm ready. Yes, thank you. For <laughs> thank sure, you, for sure. It's, it's on. It's on. Thank you both, and, and, and many blessings to you. You as well. Thank you. All right, Jim, what'd you think of our interview with Berta? Berta is super fun. I she, love her. She is the definition of awesome. Yeah. I mean, I loved her attitude. I love her servant's heart. I love where like God has taken her in yes. her faith walk and her journey and her commitment mm-hmm. and, and and just this idea of, of helping others. I mean, I, the best part of the whole interview was right at the end when she talked about Sibao praying mm-hmm. for a cow for his dad. Yeah. And she's like, you better get me a cow. And then when they finally found her a cow, she's like, okay, I want two. And they're like, you're pushing it. Like, what a blessing. Yeah. You know, for this, I mean, like where livestock is wealth for them. Right. Livestock is life. It's sustenance. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, and then to hear that he now wants to not be a lawyer, but instead be a, a pastor and to hear that the livestock now benefits other people in the community and they take the extra and they give it away. And I'm like, oh. It's so cool. How you know what it makes happens. me want to do? What? It makes me want to buy a cow. I want a cow. I want to give it to somebody. I want an alpaca. In Kenya. You want to, I don't know if they do alpacas in Kenya. Yes, they do. How do you know? Everyone does alpacas. No, some people don't do alpacas. Yes, they can. Make, I don't think they do alpacas in Cuba. You can I don't make think sweaters. they do alpacas in in Nassau, Bahamas. Yes, they do. No. Yes, they do. No. Sean. What? Alpacas are everywhere. No, they're not. Just not in my backyard. No, I didn't see them on a loan in Alaska. I didn't see them in, in Berta, the rainforest. Berta, will you please buy me an alpaca? Oh, Berta, don't. <laughs> don't. I, my, keep, my, I keep trying to get all my friends to buy me an alpaca because Sean can never refuse a gift that listen, was given to me. No, this is true. But my dad said never buy anything that eats while you are asleep because it'll make you bankrupt. I eat all the time while you're sleeping. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> when does this occur? You're supposed while you're to be sleeping. In, you're supposed to be intermittent fasting. You stop eating at a certain time. Are I, you Are I, you not doing that? I sneak eat. Jennifer. <laughs> Now we're going bankrupt. <laughs> Knock on wood. We're not doing that. So no, no, no alpacas. Yes. It's a big furry bird. No, Is it a bird? It's not a bird. 
you've got it all wrong. What? What is it? Please send in pictures of alpacas to we Sean. Don't, I've seen an alpaca. It looks like Not a, a bird. Ostrich. You're thinking an ostrich. Yeah. Is an ostrich a bird? No, but they have big eggs. It's not a bird? Yes, it is a bird. But it is a bird, but yeah. it just can't fly. Um, I don't know. I don't I'm want confused. an ostrich. I haven't studied them. <laughs> an alpaca can't fly. I know oh, that. Oh, I think we've gotten off on a tangent here. It's but hot anyway, in here. Loved Berta. Loved the message. Yes. Totally inspired by her heart for others. Yeah. Totally inspired by that. She's an amazing human being. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Berta, for your for your just awesomeness. I just think you know your your story is going to inspire others. Yes, of course it will. It's inspired me. It's inspired me too. So, how do people connect with us more, Jen? You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are there at Hope Radio Podcast, and you also can tune in anywhere. So, iTunes, Spotify, I Google Play, <laughs> Google Play, anywhere you Radio. want. Anywhere you want. Uh, Amazon Alexa? Yes. Any of them. Yeah. Anywhere po- where podcasts play. Yeah. You search podcasts and we're there. Hope Radio Podcast. Yes. And um, I think, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. our best is yet to come. Always. Like, you know? I hope everybody thinks that. Yeah. I really, I really feel like our mission with this whole Hope Radio Podcast, yeah. the best is yet to come. Yeah. And do you want to know something that we've yes. already made it through 100% of our bad days. Did you just read a quote somewhere that you're throwing right back at me? No, I'm that smart. <laughs> Do you not see my glasses I'm wearing? You survived all of your worst bad days. Yeah, 100% of them. So that means you're going to survive your rest of the bad that days. That means the best is yet to come. I like that attitude. Right? You know what? I'm going to keep you around, kid. Well, good thing I'm going to keep you too. Well, good thing. <laughs> Should we do this again? Let's do it again tomorrow. Shall we do another podcast? Tomorrow? Let's do another one. All right. They're kind of fun. They are fun because we get inspired and uplifted by our guests just as our listeners do. So I know. I'm lifted it's and like inspired. feeding our souls. Well, dang it. I want to do it again. Let's do it again. I'm, I'm on board. 